Hello and welcome to ASPA's podcast. I am Anna Weber and I am ASPA's marketing coordinator. With me today, I have Sarah Baker, who's the executive director of workforce planning, Sarah Semrock, who is an HR partner, Kathy Kim, who is an HR partner, Kelly Hernandez, who is a principal on special assignment, and Michaela Rakes, who's the project manager for workforce planning. All of these folks work at Highline Public Schools in Burien, Washington, and they are presenting a pre-conference session at our annual conference on building the workforce our students need, strategic staffing for student-defined success. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I'll hand it over to you guys to tell us a little bit more about your district and your job, your roles there. Thank you, Anna. Um, Highline is uh, south of Seattle. Folks might not know where Burien, Washington is. If you've ever visited Seattle, you've gone through SeaTac International Airport, and and that is um, in our district. And um, we exist in a corridor between the Puget Sound and um, I-5 that runs all the way down through to California. So um, we're a pretty dense metro setting, but we're a small to medium district by kind of state national definitions. Really proud, and and I'll invite my friends to speak from their vantage point about Highline kind of culturally, but I'll start by saying we're really proud about the different intersections of our diversity. A hundred plus languages spoken in the homes of our families, folks that are um, in various levels of housing stability and intergenerational housing and socioeconomic um, class and lived experience, really rich immigrant and refugee population. And um, we're one of the founding kind of districts in the region thinking about dual language. So we actually uh, deliver instruction in English, in Spanish, and uh, Vietnamese in various schools, and are even adding uh, Somali heritage to that that suite. So really proud of our diversity and what the Seattle metro area has to offer our students and families. Yeah, and to that note, I would also highlight something I'm really proud of working um, and actually getting to live in the community is that we really are a community-focused school district, and so oftentimes we'll be facilitating folks at orientation and finding out that you know, we're welcoming folks in who graduated from Highline Public Schools or they're a parent and they're going to work at their child's school. And um, something that I feel really proud of um, is some of our pathway programs that we have and really the investment in Grow Your Own and um, intentionally curating a more diverse, um, culturally, linguistically uh, diverse workforce. And so um, that's something that I feel really proud to work in Highline. So can you just give us a quick overview of your session that you're presenting for us at our pre-conferences this year? I told the team, this is Sarah Baker. I'll, I told the team I would lead this. And part of what I want to say, Anna, transparently, uh, we lean into our mess. And so um, part of what I think folks have, have gotten to expect from us is that we're really vulnerable about where we're at in our design process and our thinking and uh, really leverage the ASPA community to push our thinking about the work that we're doing. So I say that to say, um, we just recently met, like, what are we presenting about? <laughs> and what are we trying to do here? So um, some of us have a more keen uh, current thinking about what we want to deliver. And um, I'll let folks share a little bit about that, but also that part of our practice is to be reflective and responsive to what we see happening in, in other places and other spaces. So um, 
we try to write our presentation in a way that's kind of alluring. And also, um, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, three hours. And it's so long. And then we were talking about this presentation. It's like, we have so much to say and so much to share. So how do we refine? So um, looking forward to to what is listed as a part three really is a continuing conversation from the last two years as we share some of the work happening on our workforce planning team. And I wonder, Sarah, if you could share a little bit about our conversation. Yeah, so um, I feel lucky and excited to share. This is actually going to be my third time presenting on the kind of umbrella topic of strategic staffing and um, at the Aspen National Conference. And each year we've kind of refined what does that look like and shared some of our approaches, our learnings and our updates. Um, and so this year um, it's a continuation. So we're looking to share more with uh, leaders in um, the realm of strategic staffing and what does that actually mean to be curating a workforce that can actually deliver on um, outcomes for students that center students defining their own success. So um, what does that look like for staffing? What does that look like for school leaders, for central office leaders? And um, in our session, we're going to be sharing a little bit around some of the learnings we've had. And so we'll be sharing some of the anchors that have helped to guide our work. So including design principles, having a really um, clear uh, vision, and then also changing that vision when you have new learning, applying a theory of action. And so we'll be sharing some of that and then highlighting some of the approaches that we've taken in alignment to our design principles. Um, and so there will be some elements where there's a community cafe where folks can learn more about what does um, what does our uh, data practices, what do those actually look like uh, when we talk about equitable leadership hiring, what does that mean? Um, and then we hope to have a space for workshop too, because one of the things we really value is learning from others across the nation who are also doing this work in different ways. So. Um, we're hoping to have a pretty dynamic workshop or experience with our pre-conference session that includes a workshop and a um, couple other elements. I think one of my favorite things about these pre-conference sessions is because they're three hours long, you get to collaborate without feeling like you're losing out on some of that um, instructional time, I guess, that comes with a presentation. I feel like sometimes in an hour-long session, you feel sort of rushed to collaborate because like I'm running out of time to hear what they have to say. So I love that you guys are building that in there. What would motivate someone to come to this session? I'll kind of blend the two together. And uh, the first question and second question, um, we talked one year about like, what does it even mean to define student, define success? What does that phrase mean? We've talked about staffing as the main lever of school improvement. As we've dug in, we're hoping this year we can lean more into community-based approaches and like how are our stakeholders co-creating what that looks like with us, that we aren't deciding from central office what this work needs to look like, but really bringing in the folks that are most impacted by, for example, um, access to pathways into teaching. If we're not bringing teachers into that conversation, pathways into leadership, if we're not bringing leaders into that conversation, then we're not really living our values around anti-racist approaches. So I think what for me would motivate um, someone to come to the session is A, if they've come to either of the other two, they might be interested to know what we've been up to. Um, two, if they're thinking about how do they really center community approaches in their work, then we have some things to share about what it's been like in two different settings to try to establish 
design teams across stakeholder groups. And three, I think a motivating factor could just be my district is kind of early in these conversations. What could we anticipate might be hurdles and challenges? What might be assets that we have that could be leveraged uh, into this work to carry it forward? So those would be my three potential motivations. And we've got um, a number of personalities on this call. So I feel like personality is also one of the things that might motivate folks to come. Someone else, see, they're giggling, but you can't see them. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that could be appealing as well. We've got a cast of characters. Yeah, also we're pretty dynamic. Um, as a team, I love working with this team. And we all bring um, really different perspectives um, into the work. Some of us have been um, teachers in schools in our district and across the country, and then teachers, principals in this district as well. Um, and so I feel like we're able to really connect with folks who attend our sessions in a variety of ways. And so I think if you're, you know, you're coming to our session and you just want to understand like your position in the organization as change is coming and there's some really, um, if you're looking to align your practices to the values that you espouse, like that's the work we're doing. And so we're talking about when we say we have a commitment to community grounded approaches and we are committed to anti-racist work, what does that actually look like in practice? So we're in the mess, as Sarah already shared, we have some learnings to share um, and hope that folks can connect with that. What is one tool or strategy from your session that attendees can implement immediately in their own district? Um, I can share, uh, I've gotten to present um, last year at the national conference and then we did actually travel to California for um, the smaller conference. And as the project manager on this team, um, one of the things I bring to this project is um, our data work and not only the data collection and sort of systematizing that, but also figuring out how to operationalize it and use it with teams and other stakeholders like hiring managers. And in the last two conferences have connected with folks across the country that have reached back and asked for help in thinking about how they apply that to their situation. So sometimes it's smaller districts, sometimes it's larger districts, wanting to understand what are the literal technical things we do to gather that data. And sometimes it was literally like, how did you create this visual because it was really powerful? And so I think, um, not only is that something they can take away the idea, but I think also all of us are offering thought partnership. Um, we definitely don't have the magic recipe to fix the thing you're looking for. Um, but as Sarah said, we're sort of in our own, uh, in the mess and figuring things out and adjusting as we go along. And it's always um, really helpful to bounce ideas off or start to think about what it could look like in a different context. I think. I in addition to that, I would say that there are a number of leaders out there to Michaela's point that reach back out afterwards that feel a little bit isolated in their context, trying to start this work or start the conversation. So I would hope that one tool or strategy might be how to build uh, some community relationships within their you know, school or district context. How, who could they identify to start this conversation with? I, I'm of the, the school of thought that learning is relational. 
and that you have to be able to engage with other people, other ideas to really move your own needle. Otherwise, I'm just going to spin on that same idea. And so I hope that we can model and that a strategy folks could take home is how do I build space for these conversations, even if it means, you know, after hours, after the HR happy hour huddle, um, during lunch. It doesn't, I think we work all of the time. It doesn't have to be, what meeting can I push into? What, you know, power can I access? I also hear that a lot. I don't have the power in my system to do the type of work that you all are doing. Um, it didn't start that way. I think we got power through influence and, uh, Again, demonstrating as a team, we've built a little learning community here, and we're trying to widen that through this next session. So I hope there's a strategy there around uh, engaging the work, no matter how small. And sometimes that's just, you know, in your imagination station. And sometimes you got schemes and dreams that years later, you're like, remember that conversation we had four years ago? Had we not had that conversation, we wouldn't be in this moment now with doors or opportunities that we can access. So um, that's not something on a slide somewhere in our presentation, but I would hope that folks can take the spirit of that uh, back into their work setting. I love hearing that what you want them to take away is that they have a partner in you, that that's one of the things, because it can be hard, especially when you work in um, a small district or you have a small team to feel like you don't always have the support that you want. And so even if it is from somebody in a school district in a different state on the different side of the country, just knowing that you do have somebody that is a partner to you as you implement change, I think is really powerful. And that is a huge, a huge strategy, huge thing to be able to take away from one of these sessions. And I love that. So what are you looking forward to at conference this year? Is there anything in particular that you guys are really excited for? Other than your session, of course. I'm going to say this is going to be my first one to attend, but after hearing from all of um, my lovely co-workers here who've attended so many of them and they bring back some like great ideas and energy and from the conference. So like connecting with the community and the conversations um, is uh, what I'm looking forward to. I'm so excited for you because the networking and the connections is the thing that we hear time and time again. The sessions are amazing and I learned so much, but I learned so much from just being in this crowd of my peers and people that do what I do. So I'm really excited for you, Kathy. I think you're going to have a great time. So I know some of you have attended annual conference before. Can you tell me what your favorite part of conference is? I think uh, Kathy named the thing that is my favorite, my favorite part. The thing I'm looking forward to is seeing folks that I haven't seen for a year because we work in very different contexts. Um, I think ASPA does a really good job of creating space for what I consider community building. Yes, it's networking on the agenda, but just getting to be able to engage people that may or may not be a part of your kind of uh, learning circle at any part of the uh, the process. I also, I'll be honest, I'm really looking forward to it being on the West Coast this year. Uh, the travel will be much better uh, than Orlando. I wasn't able to go for that reason. And I know that ASPA, the planners, do a good job of trying to engage the geographical location that we're in. So I heard so much about Orlando and I think it was Fright Night or something. And there was like a whole SeaWorld situation. So I'm looking forward to what you all do in LA and all of the um, the good trouble we can get into as a bunch of educators uh, let loose in, in a, a new space. 
I was just meeting with our director of meetings and events before this, talking about some of the fun stuff that's going to be going on. And I promise you, if you feel left out that you didn't get to go to Orlando, we'll make up for it this year because it's going to be so fun. And we as a staff are located in Kansas City. And so when we travel to the East Coast, we're like, man, we're losing time. We're excited to go West because to us, it feels like we get to sleep in. (laughs) There you go. We get to stay in the same time zone. Um, So my auto reply, they'll get, you know, <laughs> they'll get right away and I won't be working in the, in the hotel afterwards. And, um, Sarah and I attended in DC the year before and got to engage the city through a different lens. I think when you go to a conference and you're in a certain headspace all day, you then engage the physical space differently. And so it was really cool to go to a place I'd, I'd been before, but to go there thinking about educational equity and thinking about the role of systems and structures to be in the nation's capital and then go to museums. I think our conversations were different and the conference really does live outside of the you know convention center. So I'm looking forward to that. I agree with what's already shared. And one of the things that I'm really excited for is, as I think back to the previous years I've co- I've come to this, our team has shifted, but it's also grown. And so I'm really excited to spend time with Kathy, Kelly, Michaela, Sarah, and as a team, because um, time is such a precious resource. And I feel like the investment in um, our district and our leadership too support us going to this and the um, ASPA for putting this together. I'm really grateful to have the time with all of them and then to share all of our collective learning and um, also like the fun social nights. I love, I love. So I'm really excited to connect with folks there. And then um, as Sarah already mentioned, like reconnect with people that we have met in the past and kind of stayed in a little bit of touch with as we've, um, uh, you know, spent time in between conferences. So I'm really looking forward to that. Getting to spend time with your coworkers and build that bond outside of the office, I think is so important. It's really important to the ASPA staff that we get to do that. And so I love that you guys are valuing that in your conference priority list. One thing I wanted to add to, I was thinking about um, one of my favorite parts is the ability to sort of zoom out. So you're zoomed in all the time, like for instance, with exit work. And you're just doing the thing because you need to do the thing. And going to ASPA sort of allows you to zoom back out and say like, okay, how would I want to do this? And what are other people doing that I can sort of start to integrate? And I really appreciate that learning opportunity. So it sort of interrupts your urgency and needing to get things done in the moment. Um, But I do have to say my absolute favorite part of my Orlando experience, and I'm a little nervous about California, um, was the uh, six foot tall cardboard cutouts of Kelly Coach Johnson. And I'm hoping that they arrive in Anaheim so that I can continue uh, my, um, my series of selfies that I've taken with the cutouts with the real Kelly. Um, so if I could put in a special request for that, I'd really appreciate Aspa coming through for me. Please pay for their safe arrival. I will take that up with our um, illustrious marketing team, which is me, and see what see what we're going to do about that. <laughs> I will say that was part of why I missed person. it. <laughs> I will send you the selfies if you would like them. I'm happy to share this gift. 
I think that we all probably need to see those. They probably need to accompany this podcast when it gets posted. This is a reference, you know, a footnote. <laughs> exactly. It's got to <laughs> gotta go out on social media with the podcast link. Yes. Thank I just want to confirm with Kelly that she's okay with that. Oh, she, those pictures are already all over everywhere because I posted a whole bunch last year too. So we can put both of our selfies with Kelly up there. Love Thank it. you all so much for joining me. I have had a great time recording with you guys. You are so fun. And I can just tell that you are truly a dynamic and well-oiled machine. And you guys are going to do a great session. I I feel like your attendees are going to have a great time and walk away with, you're also knowledgeable too, with just some great information and a wealth of resources. So thank you all for joining me today. Thank you, Anna. We're going to put you in our pocket. That was the best. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to see all of you. And we're less than two months away now in Anaheim. 